You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome, everyone. I am Johnny Christ, and this is the Drinks with Johnny podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another week. Man, this has been so much fun, guys. I really appreciate you. Uh, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a rating and review right here on the podcast. Uh, this week, I'm joined by an old friend. I haven't had a chance to talk to in quite a, quite some time, really. Uh, we did some tours together back in the day with Buck Cherry and Avenged Sunfold and, and The Rev Theory. And this is who my guest is, Maddie McClowski, who is now the lead vocalist of The Rev Theory. Uh, when we toured back in the day, he was uh, just, he, not just, but he was playing bass and doing backup vocals. And now he has made the transition into lead vocals. Uh, they got a new song out called Make Me a Drink. Uh, this single's out. It's it's doing really well. Maddie wanted to uh, wanted to come on the show because their song title <laughs> was "Make Me a Drink." And he's like, "Hey, you got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny, and I got a song that says Make Me a Drink.' So we should probably get together and talk about it." So we did, and <laughs> it was a lot of fun. We reminisced on some old times. Uh, he shares a couple of great stories about uh, my uh, my late drummer Jimmy the Rev Sullivan. And it was really cool to reconnect with this dude and just see the progression that he's made. We've we share some whiskey over over it and uh, have a just just an overall great conversation. I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this one, so I'm just going to shut up for now. And I'll talk to you at the end. But uh, without further ado, I bring you Matt McClowski of the Rev Theory. What's up, everybody? I am Johnny Christ, and this is Drinks with Johnny. Thanks again so much for checking it out. I'm exceptionally psyched this week. I got a friend that I haven't seen or talked to in a very long time in Maddie McClowski of The Rev Fury. I'm just going to bring him in right now. How you doing, man? What's up, brother? Good to see you, man. <laughs> it's good to see you, too. I think I just said Rev Fury, by the way, not Theory. Did yeah. you catch that? <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. I thought you said Rev <laughs> Theory. I mean, yeah, sure. It's yeah. I you wouldn't be the first. <laughs> so how are things, man? You, you all good? All good over here, buddy. You know, just laying low during you know this uh, strange time we're having, but uh, you know, doing well. Other than that, um, and just enjoying uh, the opportunity to have a drink with you. Hell yeah! What do you got? What do you got to uh, to share with me tonight? I'm drinking some Glenlivet. Ooh, um, I went with a little Glenlivet 12. 12. I like that. That's a good one. That's a good one. I've got. Yeah, uh, it's kind of my go-to. What's that? It's kind of my go-to. You know, like my. You know, every week type of drink, not for special occasions or anything. But okay, uh, every week. I, I like how you tippy toed over uh, everyday drinker, but yeah, yeah. Know, okay. <laughs> every week. Yeah, yeah. I got I got this uh, bottle sent to me from Colorado. Um, 
It's the 291. Have you had any of this before? Oh, I have not. It's really good. They sent me some stuff um, after I did this tasting with uh, Fred Minnick uh, last year. And, man, I really like their shit. It's, bourbon? Uh, it's really good. Yeah, this one. This one's a bourbon. It's Colorado bourbon whiskey, it says on it. It's 100 proof. So I like to take it just neat with like a little splash of water in there just to cut it up a nice. little bit. Yeah. How do you take your uh, your whiskey? Same. Exactly the same. Nice, man. Cheers. Thanks Cheers. for being on here. Cheers. And what is it about uh, whiskey for you? That is that your, as you said, it's your every weeker. Um, why is that your go-to? What is it about that particular bottle or, or whiskey? Um, this one's just super smooth. And uh, my uh, partner actually turned me on to it. So she's been drinking it. Um, and it's, uh, it's just really nice. And we, it's kind of funny, uh, when we started going out, she, uh, she had a Costco membership and I had never really gone to Costco and we went in and she's like, Glenn, live it. You get this bottle for 30 bucks. It's like a really nice bottle, but it's yeah. like cheap. So we're just like, we always have it in stock. Um, but I, I kind of geeked down on the Costco thing, which is kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, everyone did that the first time when they went to a Costco. They heard oh about God. it. They're like, what is this place? They go in there and everyone's like, what? They have every fucking thing here? This is insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And their liquor selection is actually pretty good. So it really is. Uh, they always they always have yeah. good stuff. I, I like going there before the holidays. Usually we like to entertain and it's a good place yeah. to like get like you know, bulk wine and shit for, for the, for the Thanksgiving and Christmas. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. It's a good way to do it. Yeah. I see women walking out of there with like two cases of wine every time I go. But <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter know. if there's a party or not though for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah that's, just, that's their weekly drink. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, I like that you mentioned, uh, uh, your partner, uh, is a whiskey girl. She's the one that turned you on. Yeah. Glenn Levitt. That's awesome. Yeah, How'd you yeah. guys meet? Um, we actually, um, met, um, during quarantine at a, uh, a place in San Diego um, called Newtopia Cider, and uh, you know we both uh, are patrons of that cidery. So I'm a big craft beer fan, and I like the cider and uh, whatnot. So we uh, we met there and just kind of hit it off, and um, love in the time of quarantine like crazy. Wow. Like, uh, yeah, just the circumstances we met, and um, you know, given the fact that not much is open, but you know, while it was, we, we were there together and, uh, and we hit it off. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm normally uh, a big bourbon fan, but she turned me on to this scotch and funny story. Like I had never really drank scotch before, but when we were actually on tour with you guys, there was one night we went to a bar, I think it was someone's birthday and we're in there smoking cigars. And, uh, I was sitting next to sin and, um, He's like, have you ever had Macallan 18? And I was like, I don't even know what that is, bro. <laughs> um, you know, and this was probably, I guess it was like 10, 10 or 11 years ago. But uh, he, he's like, you got to try this and ordered around. I think he ordered around for everyone. And I was like, blown, it like blew my head up. I couldn't believe how good it was. Because, um, you know, like I said, I would normally drink bourbon. But after having that, I like really gained an appreciation for scotch and, you know, single, single malt particularly. Uh -huh. But um yeah that was uh that was my first time having that kind of level of scotch oh yeah that was i mean yeah. i think sinister turned on a lot of people to that level of scotch early on like we were yeah. we were we were all drinking whiskey and stuff together and like one day I, I remember we were really young early 20s and and brian was was bringing out all the all the real expensive scotch and we're like where are you holding this money dick and then uh we found <laughs> out <laughs> he wasn't he just liked to spend what he didn't have at the time on fine things. 
But uh, no, you turned yeah. it on. That was, yeah, that, I think that was someone's birthday. I don't remember whose. It might have been one of the crew guys, actually. And we were just out hanging uh, out for it. But yeah, yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, yeah. That was a I, tour, I man. That was, a, that was a while ago, though. Yeah, I think that was, uh, I think it was us uh, and Buck Cherry were opening. I think that yeah. was the, the, the uh, bill. But yeah, I mean, that was probably like 09 or 10, something like that. Yeah, I think, well, uh, the Rev was still with us then. Yes, yeah. If it's anyone from my past that I know is uh, cross paths with uh, with the Rev, I got to ask him yeah. for a Rev story. You got you to get a Rev story from that tour that you can recall? Um, I have a random, it wasn't that tour, but I have a random Rev story where I think we had played on a festival. This was before, like, this was probably years before we toured with you guys. I think we played a festival in Dallas. And, you know, we did the show and I think we met you guys for the first time backstage. It was like Edge Fest. And um, we were just, I think we were traveling in an RV at the time. So, you know, we were driving ourselves. And so, you know, I think I was driving and obviously I was sober because I was driving and I, I went into uh, a rest stop and you guys just happened to park your bus and walk in and the Rev came up to me and was like, I, he looked like he was pretty blissed. Was it a middle of the night truck stop or? What oh yeah. So like, like really late. Really yeah, late. Yeah, truck yeah. Stop. Okay. And um, he comes up to me and he's just like, I'm like, dude, what's up? And he, he looks at me and he's like, Satan, Satan. Is that you? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> he, I think he was just fucking with me, but I was, I, it was the funniest thing. So I went it back. It was to probably a little bit of the messed up, a little bit of the fucking with you. I mean, yeah. Like Jimmy always yeah. had, Jimmy's had a, Jimmy always had a fun sense of humor. And once you got yeah. it, like it was just yeah. it, it, the funniest man I've ever met in my life. Yeah. There were a couple of times where we were backstage fucking around. And uh, I remember we were just, there were these chairs and we all were presenting, but like racing cars. And uh, yeah, he just, his sense of humor was definitely a little wicked twisted. I, I love it. It's abrasive at first. It was abrasive at yeah. first. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, and he's just yeah. a man. And he's just a madman, you know? So it's, yeah, for sure. I, I, I love, I, I just, that's personal for me. I love hearing those stories from other people, you know, yeah. even if I was there, I wouldn't have remembered that story the same way you did. So I, I appreciate right. sharing that. You said that you met your partner um, during quarantine. A lot of people are yeah. actually like splitting up from their partners during quarantine because they're boxed into each other. You found yeah. you found I've love during it, and you guys are busy right? as fuck as uh, in the Rev Theory. Uh, yeah. What 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 are you eating? What are you taking? What are you what are you doing to stay <laughs> fucking sane, man? Um, I'm I'm actually vegan, so uh, you know uh, I'm on the vegan diet. Yeah, pretty healthy. Um, you know we've been working out together and stuff and just, um, enjoying our time together, you know, we'll work out, but you know, we'll drink. So we got to make up for it in the daytime by, uh, getting some exercise in and just, uh, I'll, I've been walking a lot, mm -hmm. walking a lot, just get outside. And I'm, you know, we're lucky here in California that we have that opportunity because, you know, my family's on the East coast and they're getting dumped with snow. So they're like stuck inside. I can't imagine you're stuck inside and, but I've heard that same story. Like a lot of people are, are having trouble in their relationships and, you know, especially when you throw kids in the mix, I mean, it's gotta be tough. Um, but I, I just, we had such a great connection that, um, I feel really lucky and, uh, strangely 
things have been really good for me in this past year. Um, you know, releasing all the new rev stuff, you know, I took over as lead vocalist and, uh, you know, the response I was, you know, I was nervous cause you know, I was the bass player before and, um, you know, Rich has a very recognizable, um, persona. So to go and step forward as the lead singer in a band that's been around for over a decade, it's, uh, it's a little nerve wracking, but the response has been really good. And, um, Julian and I took over as um, producers. So I've been producing all this stuff with him. You know, I do all the engineering and production work and, uh, we collaborate on everything. And, um, to put that foot forward was really nerve wracking, but the response has been great. And, uh, like I said, I found love in this time and, um, I just feel really lucky, you know, um, cause I know a lot of people have, have, been struggling so yeah well it's great though you found all these things and and uh to your point i think the transition may have been more nerve-wracking for you but i think for the fans when they know that it's one of the guys in the band stepping up it's not you guys weren't bringing in somebody new you know and you were just moving into that role which i gotta be honest i didn't know that you were you could sing like that to to be perfectly (laughs) honest and then i heard the new the new (laughs) single uh make me a drink and i was like oh fuck maddie Right on. Tell me a little bit about the process and the singles. I know you're releasing these singles right now as kind of a, a, a hold off for the album you guys, you guys have got coming up. Um, yeah. Just kind of pass the time while you're, while you're doing that. You guys still currently working on it. Is it all done? And uh, how, how did you record it? Because some of it I imagine has to have been done from home uh, over the last year. Yeah. Um, honestly, we, uh, we recorded a lot of stuff over the past, I don't know, five years. Um, so I've had tracks sitting on my hard drive and, um, you know, we weren't really sure what to do with it. And Julian approached me and said, Hey, we got all these awesome songs. Like, do you want to, do you want to just take over on lead vocals and let, and release this stuff to the world? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And, um, so I got into, I have a home studio, um, you know, obviously. And, uh, I, uh, started just putting the tracks together and mixing it and getting everything to the place where I, I felt comfortable, uh, releasing it. And, um, we just decided, let's just put some tracks out over time and see what the response is like. And it's been really good. And, you know, that's motivated me to want to finish the record. So I'm probably two or three songs away from having the completed work that I'm really happy with. Awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been great. And yeah, like you said, it's uh, I think people are just happy to be hearing more music, you know, and especially in this time, it's like great. Um, you know, a band that I love is releasing music. And, and like you said, I'm, I was, you know, I've been in the band since day one. So they're happy that, you know, I'm stepping up and, and making it happen with Julian and, uh, and, you know, I couldn't be happier with the response and uh, we're just going to keep putting stuff out and probably release the full album uh, this summer. So oh, awesome. That's what that's what we're working that's towards. That's what the plan so, is. So how much yeah. you, said, you said you did a lot of it at home. You just mentioned some of the getting it sounding right for yourself and everything like that. Did you uh, obviously were forced to do a lot of this stuff at home? Do you see yourself re-recording it or are you are you just do you have all the equipment and you're you're ready to move forward with with the stuff that you could do at your home studio? Um, yeah, a lot of the stuff is just, um, touch-ups and overdubs. Um, some of the stuff I'm working on now is more electronic based. So, uh, I've been dabbling with that and we, we've 
for years wanted to kind of like meld this electronic sound with our hard rock sound. So it's been a little bit of both. Um, I have a couple of tracks that are a little more, you know, straightforward, just your, you know, just real instruments, um, you know, four or five piece. Um, and then, you know, I have some other experimental stuff that's electronic and we've been collaborating with people. Um, actually we did two collabs with, uh, Kane Shurko. Okay. Um, who has been re- releasing really cool stuff under uh, the name Violent Idols. Um, but uh, he's, uh, he's done some kind of remixing or retooling of some of the stuff that I've already recorded, and he's just doing really cool stuff. So, you know, I hope to collab with him more. And uh, I have a track that I wrote with um, Julian and Brandon Soller of Atreyu. Mm-hmm. And then we got Heidi, Butcher, Heidi the Butcher from Butcher Babies to... Uh, uh, do guest vocal on there so that one's uh probably going to be released i think we might release that one next so we haven't just 100 percent decided but um that one's really cool i can't wait to hear it like i gotta ask more specifically though about the recording process during this time though i mean yeah. what what we could get a little geeky here about it what's the equipment you're using i mean you got a you got a computer running pro tools with a fractal or what what kind of uh what kind of gear are you using um i have uh i run i use logic pro okay so I'm a logic guy. Um, I teamed up. I met someone from Bias, uh, or they they make Bias. It's Positive Grid um, for uh, for doing um, you know guitar and whatnot. Um, I get a lot of really good tones with their stuff. Um, so I it's just it's a lot of in the box stuff. I don't you know being you know living you know I live in an apartment, so it's like mm-hmm. I can't be amplifying everything. How much um, of some of the older stuff we did in studios, but the the more current stuff I do through amp modelers. How much would you say uh, "Make Me a Drink" was was done with the with the modelers and in the apartment versus uh, what was already recorded? Um, I all the guitars were done wow. on my yeah exactly. But we Sounds we great, man. I love I love that we can you. do that this time yeah. of day. Yeah, you know, this, I know. This time it's incredible in, in technology where you can you can yeah. get in there and make something sound really fucking good without paying that high dollar to go into that, you know, amazing sound room, which of course that yeah. there's nothing that you can't take away entirely from that. There's always something to be said for that, but it is, it is awesome to be able to do this, you know, the way we have or the way exactly. you guys have rather not we. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And work and working uh, on that kind of amalgamation of tones with electronics and, and uh, sampling and whatnot you know, it really works especially well with that. So totally. Um, and you can yeah, I mean, that. yeah, I, I, I feel like we're in a great time for being able to record music at home, which is amazing. Um, Cause it gives me the freedom to do a lot of experimentation, you know, when you're paying to be in a studio and you're paying hourly or whatever, if you don't have your own studio, um, you know, it's, the bills just keep racking up where now I can mess around. I can take the time that I want to get, the uh the the end result yeah that, and you could kind of just style. go in it whenever you're ready right and then just like yeah, yeah. when it's time for a break step away yeah. come back exactly. in whenever later a couple hours later yeah. you know whatever it is yeah and you know sometimes you don't feel creative or you don't feel motivated no and, and you, you know that eliminates can't force that it you can't fucking force yeah, that exactly. shit <laughs> i know right so i mean i i picked up producing probably i got into it probably 10 years ago and you know, I feel like it's taken me time to, to, uh, you know, home in on my abilities and, and learn it. But, uh, 
yeah, I'm so glad I picked it up because, you know, we had for years been relying on other people to get the sounds we want. And some, and, you know, you hope you team up with the right person, but sometimes, you know, you're, you're happy, but you're not a hundred percent satisfied. And you're like, Oh, I wish I could have done that different. Or, you know, you look back on it um, and maybe wish you had done things differently, but like, like I said, you're under the gun. So you, you can't really take a year to mess around. I mean, if you have huge budgets, but you know, yeah. not everyone has that, especially nowadays. Of course. Yeah. So on the producing side, it's also getting into a lot of the writing and direction and everything like that. Um, you, you can hear in your guys' music, it's predominantly over the years. Um, I'm excited to hear what this uh, more uh, electronic stuff is going to be like that you're molding into it, which you can kind of hear already and make, make me a drink. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, the what is some of your your personal inspirations? What what do you look for when you're when you're grabbing a bass tone or or writing or really just what inspires you? Is it really just kind of the moment? Is it you know I need to make this kind of song or that kind of song? And man, I've got I've got a few riffs I can kind of make work this way. I mean, or is it just is it just fucking everything? You know? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, I feel like it changes from song to song. Sometimes I. I hear something and, or, or normally it'll start with, with a, an inkling of an idea and it'll, I'll be like, I'll either formulate the whole idea from scratch or I'll be like, this reminds me of something. And it's like, where can I kind of like, you know, pay uh, homage to, you know, something I loved. Um, and I'll even, I've even been throwing in like little lines of, you know, people that I respect or, you know, uh, artists that I respect and, and just, you know, pay respects to them by throwing in just like a little line or a snippet of something, um, you know, like I'll throw in something from Rage Against the Machine or, uh, you know, just random, you know, I think, I think recently I have a new song where I just stole a little line from Rage just to pay homage to them. And, um, you know, uh, I think I've done that here and there with various artists like you probably something? wouldn't you probably wouldn't know it unless you were like a diehard fan but it's oh, yeah. for me yeah, it's, it's a cool thing yeah that, i think that makes it personal too i mean how yeah were you doing a help with some of the lyrics before you made the transition into fronting the band or yeah. is this your first kind yeah. of venture no uh julian and i were the main songwriters always so. the whole time yeah even, yeah whenever, yeah okay. since since i well basically when i joined the band it was the completion of the band so yeah, that was um, back in 2002, like you said, right? And that was Yeah, yeah. So we, we, I met them in New York. In New York, okay. Uh, yeah. And that's when everything started and uh, yep. you guys are all well, East they, Coast. Were you So you're you mentioned you're in San Diego now. Yeah. But you all formed yeah. in in uh on the East Coast. Right. Are, are yeah. all you guys in San Diego now? No, I'm the only one here. Um Julian and I lived together for years in LA we were, uh, you know, we were co-writers, so we just figured we'd live together and, um, we, we were working with other, other artists and whatnot and developing different projects. But, uh, he's right now he's in Vancouver. Um, and the other guys are on the East coast. So, but were you, were you, uh, were you born on the East coast and you said you got family yeah. back there too, right? I was born, I was born outside of Philadelphia. Okay. And uh, I went to school at NYU, so I was in New York, and that's when I met the guys. And uh, that was, you know, I was like twenty, early twenties when I met them, and um, 
And I was just like, I f- it felt like something special. And, you know, I kind of latched onto it. And, uh, you know, two years later, we were touring uh, pretty extensively and we released our first album and, you know, it was, you know, took off from there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I grew up on the East Coast as well as uh, Damon Rich and Julian's from Canada, West Coast of Canada. So he was kind of the outlier, but. Um, well, that so that's how you brought East Coast to West Coast together, and now I got it. Now it begs the question: Which do you prefer? Now you've lived in both places, man. <laughs> where's your li- where, where, Where's your allegiance lie? Yeah, oh man, that's tough because <laughs> you know I really like Cali. I really like it here. Um, I met a lot of great people, and I've had a great time here. But uh, oh man, it's it's such a different place on the East Coast. You know, I I wish I could have. I wish I could have all my family out here on the West Coast. That that'd be ideal. But um, you know, there there is a certain charm to uh, the Northeast. Um, you know, everyone says the seasons, and it's true. I mean, when you get in the fall and you get the the beautiful foliage, and you get to put on a hoodie, and it's a little chilly. But uh, I wouldn't want to be there now when they're getting dumped on with snow, and it's you know in the zeros. So. Yeah, <laughs> you know, man. I I mean, I've obviously traveled many many times to the east coast and uh been out there for months on months at a time even through the winters and everything and i hate to be biased about it but i mean i'm, I'm born and raised here in huntington beach and i'm just like yeah. I, don't, I don't know why i'd want to live anywhere else so i'm, I'm yeah. west coast all the way yeah <laughs> i know i mean i really cherish the ability to at any given moment go out and take a walk and a lot of times being a t-shirt and shorts I yeah mean, uh, the only time you have to put on uh, on on some pants and maybe a, maybe a sweatshirt is like I don't know middle middle of January for, yeah. at night even like you can yeah. still wear shorts during the day yeah and then it's fun you're like oh I get to put a hoodie on like, yeah you're like so oh funny. I've been wanting to wear this jacket for a year now <laughs> everyone everyone in so cold cool. weather right now is like fuck yeah. those guys like, God damn it. <laughs> oh one, one one more question about. Uh, be, being outside of philly though uh pats or genos oh honestly dude i was those my favorite place in like philly proper was jim's um which is on south street i don't know if you guys ever played tla but there's a it's like a block away from the tla gyms yep i know exactly i I always felt like really yeah i believe so i think i mean when when we played tla i was uh shit i'd maybe been in the band for only a two, three years maybe. And, uh, oh, was yeah. my first experience out on the, out in Philly actually. And I remember really? like we played That's and awesome. like, before we went in there, just walked down the street, you know, and was like, all right, this is what I'm supposed to try. It's what everyone's saying. I, I still yeah. love it, but I do like, we, I still like going to Pat's and Gino's because you get to like walk across the street from one another and just, <laughs> so that, that's always kind of cool. It's like, yeah. it's like a, it's like so a rivalry because they're just yeah, right exactly. next to each other. Exactly. Just right across the street. What was it like for you uh, growing up in, uh, in Philly and everything? What was your childhood like? Um, it was good, man. My family's awesome. Um, you know, I grew up, doing a lot of different things. I was, I was a big athlete. Um, I competed in sports at a pretty high level and, you what know, obviously specifically, um, growing up, I played pretty much everything. Um, I played soccer, baseball, basketball. Um, I played a couple of years of football and then I found track and field and I ended up like going all in on track and field. Cause it, it was probably my best sport. 
I was uh, pole vaulting and doing hurdles and uh, oh shit, and yeah, and uh, quarter mile. So and then I ended up running in college as well. But at the same time, I was a musician, so I was playing in bands. I had a punk band, a ska band. I was in like choir, and you know, I did some acting stuff. So I was kind of like all over the place. Um, choir too. And yeah, that's pretty yeah. Cool. That's where a lot of my vocal background came from, and um, <clears throat> you know, uh, learning harmony and uh, being able to harmonize was like is, has been a huge payoff in my career. You know, I, obviously, like when I was singing backups for Rev, you know, I was doing all the harmonies and stuff. So it's just it was it was so natural for me having done it for years. Um, and that I had a great experience doing that. My choir director was incredible, like really, really knowledgeable and just an amazing, he was like an opera singer. So he was incredible and yeah, just playing in bands, messing around. And then was it always uh, bass? Was it always bass for you early on or did you, yeah, did you start? I, uh, yeah, I picked up bass when I was 12. I, uh, I had a friend who played acoustic guitar and he's like, dude, you should play bass and you can start a band. And yeah. I was like, yeah. And uh, it just so happened that my dad, so my dad was a drummer um, for most of his life. And then, you know, he started a family and was like, I got to get rid of the drums. And he got rid of the drums, but he got a bass and, but never played it. So it was just sitting in the corner and I'm like, can I play that? And he's like, sure. So I picked it up and started learning. I took some lessons and then, you know, just started listening to music and trying to pick up bass parts. And, what, was, uh, what were some of the early transcriptions for you on the bass? Like what were, what were some oh, of the ones yeah. like, yeah, beyond yeah. the lessons, you know, like, where, like yeah. what, what were some of the stuff you were listening to and you're like, God, I want to, I want to learn this song for whatever reason. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess at the time it was, um, it was like Rage Against the Machine, Red Hot Chili Peppers, nice. Beezer, um, what else? I listened to a, a lot of Radiohead back in the day, so I was playing that stuff. Sublime, um, No Effects, uh, dude. You know, all was, the classics, dude. This is yeah, awesome. this is awesome hearing you say that because I, I picked up the bass at twelve as well. Same, nice. same, same, same bands I was transcribing. I mean, awesome. not so much Radiohead, but the other ones for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Not, nothing against Radiohead. Just at the time, yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't into it. And uh, yeah. yeah, no, same stuff. Rage for sure was in there. No Effects. Yeah. Uh, huge fan you know what was the you, you said punk and ska bands when you were when we started this little part of this, uh -huh, this uh, chat uh -huh. what, were, what were some of the names of your punk and ska bands because those are always classic like if you remember <laughs> uh my first my first band was the ska band and we were called the east coast pimps east coast pimps <laughs> when's the reunion brother when's the reunion <laughs> yeah right i don't i don't i don't think that uh, I don't know if that uh, ages well in today's society. <laughs> it's not so PC anymore. <laughs> Whatever that means anymore. I, I can't even keep up with that shit anymore. I feel older and older every year. I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed know, to say right? that anymore? No, I'm not supposed to say that? Like, <laughs> right? Oh, fuck. <laughs> my entire vocabulary is gone. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> don't, just don't talk. Just be silent. I should have thought of that before I started a podcast, huh? Well, uh, my punk band was probably worse. Uh -oh, bulimic Boy one. Scouts. Bulimic Boy Scouts. Oh, ouch! That one definitely does not. That, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't stand the test of time, does it? <laughs> we actually we ended up changing the name to Little Albert because um, Bulimic Boy Scouts was not not, not sitting well. With you weren't people. getting a lot of gigs, like. <laughs> 
<laughs> so oh, you man. mentioned that first base of your dad's. Do you remember what uh, what make and model it was? It was uh, Ibanez. Um, it was like a jazz base. It was like an Ibanez jazz base, just like all wood grain, like natural wood grain, nice. black uh, pick guard. And I think it had like uh, two humbuckers maybe. Um, it's some, it's floating around somewhere. You know, I've, I've been so displaced for a long, a long period of time that uh, some of my instruments just landed in random places. So I don't even know that one's somewhere. You gotta find <laughs> it. It's always good. To I know. Right. The first one, you know, <laughs> I think, you know, it might even be at our drummer's place in Boston. Uh, Dave, uh, I think he might've ended up having it somehow. So I should reach out to him. Yeah, man. You got yeah, it. it'd be great to have that original bass. But yeah, that was the first one. And it, dude, it was like heavy. You know, it was like one of those jazz really bases, amazing man. ones. Yeah. Oh, jazz man. All of what, yeah. Are you, what are you playing these days? Like, what, what kind of bass are you playing these days? Um, I mainly play Spectre. Okay. And it looks like this is the, my right main one over here, the Spectre. Uh, I have this uh, DBZ one. It's the guy from Diamond. Um, so, but Spectre's my main one. Yeah. And then I, I play Fender guitars. So I have uh, uh, the Strat over here. And then I just got a, um, my buddy Darren, who uh, was our first guitar tech, who has worked for like Five Finger Death Punch, Deftones. And now he's like most recently with Lady Gaga. Um, he had a uh, Telecaster baritone that he was trying to get rid of. And I was like, dude, I want that. Um, so I just, it should be here any day. So nice. he just shipped it out to me. You get uh, to use it on some of this, uh, some of these new songs you've been, you're I know I, I have a couple of tracks and I'm like, I think I might retrack with this baritone. So, um, some of the stuff I've actually, you guys, you guys play with Schecter's, right? I think yep. I played some Schecter guitars with a, with a producer we were working with in LA that, um, made it on some of the cuts. So there were some seven strings on there. Um, I really like those um they sound awesome pretty gnarly tones yeah uh yeah i i, I predominantly went to Schechter after brian zach had been with them for probably close to a decade and then yeah uh you know i was i was i loved my music man stingrays awesome basses mm -hmm. but i wanted to make a couple modifications and do something custom and you know they were always so good to me we 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 were very amicable about it and it was just kind of like well, I'm ready to make something that's kind of more fits me. So that's yeah. kind of why I moved on to the Schecter. They were able to help me build something from literally scratch, like picked out the fucking pieces of wood. The only difference awesome. is that I didn't Paul Bunyan the shit and chop it down myself. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been a cooler story if I had. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you weave that in. <laughs> so let's get back to some, some, uh, some, some other songs and some more of your guys' uh, career. You guys have been like, closely tied to some wwe stuff like over the yeah, years yeah. which is really cool you are you are you a personally a, a, a pro a pro wrestling fan i mean i went through a phase when i was younger when it was mm -hmm. wwf uh, <laughs> you remember oh hell yeah um, i do <laughs> yeah <laughs> give me you a know, back yeah. In the, yeah obviously uh you know the whole kogan era jake the snake ultimate warrior all those guys um Huge fan. And, you know, I kind of got away from it over the years, but uh, when they um, started using our music and, and uh, had us do the theme song for Randy Orton, uh, we got kind of back into it and they invited us to a lot of events and I had never been to a live event. And man, it's, it's incredible. What, what a good time we had. 
Um, and you see the craziest celebrities at these things. You would oh, never yeah. expect. You see people like uh, who sounds like crazy people like Macaulay Culkin and uh, who else did we see? You know, you John Legend was there. Did you like, see Principal Belding there? Because when I went one of the years, no. later, Principal Belding from Save by the Bell. I, I apologize for not knowing the actor's name. Uh, he will always be prefer- uh, Principal Belding to me from Save yeah, by the Bell. Yeah, no, apparently he's a huge fan. I sat right behind him when I went oh to God. check out uh, Chris Jericho when he was here one of the times at uh, yeah. the Staples Center in L.A. And uh, yeah, I- I've always been a huge fan. I did fall away for a little while and came back as well, as kind of yeah. as you described, but. Uh, yeah. let's go to when you were we're talking WWF like when you're a fan real quick what are, what's like one of your favorite moments that you can remember as you know just watching and growing up because I mean all of us had that yeah. and, and at this at yeah. this age around that we were at early 90s late 80s through pretty much the 90s yeah it was a lot I mean wrestling was was it was a listing kind of stuff you know and I mean yeah. it still is to an extent but that was like a golden era for WWF and for kids, of course, at the time too. So, yeah. uh, what what were some early memories that you had, or one of your favorite wrestlers or favorite moments? I remember I was I was a big Jake the Snake fan. I had the toy and everything, and he had like the snake going around him. Wrestling so. buddy. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no. I, I've got my own wrestling buddy now. It's fucking nice. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think he was he was one of my faves. Um, Ultimate Warrior was obviously incredible. Grabbing the ropes. Um, yeah the ropes classic <laughs> um but yeah i think uh my uh my best friend jack uh growing up we live right next door to each other and we had a couple of the toys and we would just be over there doing our own uh commentating uh on our our wrestling matches and uh picking our favorite wrestlers so uh did you focus more on the commentating or the actual in-ring work because <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I, 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 I kind of dug the commentating too, man. I, I love the commentating. It's, it's, it's yeah. what really colors everything, you know? I mean, that's what made it so uh, fun is the, the drama of it. I mean, it's yeah. like a soap opera where they're in, where they're fighting. You know, like, to me, wrestling, like I, I was, I was watching, I, I still watch today, especially, I kind of watch more now than I did. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and I realized the reason why I love it so much is it really is everything. It's every form of entertainment yeah. all rolled into one. It's yeah. a soap opera yeah. with with these over the top stories, but then every once in a while you get some uh, like a real story that they kind of play off yeah. of someone behind their real life, and yeah. it's it's choreographed, yeah. but it's real, and these guys are actually getting hurt, so they're extremely athletic. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. funny, but it's sad. It's it's everything, you know, and. Yeah. I was like, well, I guess that's, I, I just figured out why I finally have <laughs> been watching this all this years. <laughs> and they all, and on top of it, they all have dope theme songs to Speaking come into. Speaking of those dope theme songs, yeah. Rev Theory <laughs> did voices for Randy Orton, as you mentioned. That's right. Um, that's a, it's, a, it's a great song. How did that come about? Are you guys friends with Randy now? I mean, uh, was it more WWE? I, and, and I've hung out with Randy a couple times, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm friends with him, but we've hung out and yeah. drank together and um hey if you if you drink together and you could remember the story you're pretty good friends yeah yeah exactly yeah no i actually remember uh we we played the uh anniver- the wrestlemania anniversary a few years back and uh we actually got to play on the ramp as randy orton came down to to his match so we were on stage while he was coming down and uh and then it was it was the anniversary i think it was like 30 or four i can't remember it was 30 or 40 but um 
everyone was there. You know, all the big names were there. So backstage, you saw everyone. And then it we was got the anniversary. It was the thirtieth or fortieth anniversary of WrestleMania. Yeah, of WrestleMania. it would have been. It would have been thirtieth, and they haven't. They haven't done fortieth yet. Thirtieth. Oh yeah, thirtieth. Okay. I don't mean to correct well, you, but I. I again. <laughs> I'm knee deep. You're more diehard than I'm I am. I'm real diehard, bro. <laughs> well, I was watching one of your episodes with uh, niece. Uh, what's her name? Niece Wade. But there was we, yeah, we were off her, and she was. Uh, there was a uh, an uh, Austin Steve Austin figure on the TV. Oh, oh hell yeah! <laughs> I was like, that's sick. Awesome. Um. But yeah, uh, so we were, we went to Louisiana, we went to New Orleans for that. And, um, you know, obviously there was like a big shindig afterwards, but at the late night, we ended up at a bar with Randy, just hanging out, drinking. There were a couple of fans there and just shooting the shit. So, uh, that was, that was an awesome experience. And, you know, he, when he's there, he's like super in character, you know, he's kind of like a, like, you know. He's hard. He's a badass. He's a badass. He's, he's, he's been a, he's been a, a heel as they call him uh, most of his yeah. career. So he's got, yeah, he's got fans, but a lot of people who like don't like him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then we're at the bar and he's just like super relaxed, like just, you know, having a good time, like really awesome to hang out with. So uh, that, that was great. And they've always been really cool to us. All the wrestlers have been great. All the, the staff and whatnot have been awesome. Um, I couldn't have had better experiences with them. So, um, now when, yeah, you, I gotta, when, they, when they approach you for these songs or, or you guys come yeah. together, do they have an idea for you do, or on the songs that you guys have did, or have they picking a song you've already done or if they're like, Hey, we yeah. need a song for this. Cause I know you guys have done like, you've done a couple other songs too. It was, it was a hangman. I believe that was on the, Justice album, yeah, Hangman, and uh, uh, they use light up. And we own the night, right? We own the night. Yeah, we own the night. Yeah, those were just those were just songs we wrote that they thought were fitting. But uh, the Randy Orton thing was a collaboration with. Um, they they have a guy that does music, uh, does most of the music for everything. So we collaborated with him. He kind of had an idea. And then we went in the studio and kind of did our version of, of what we thought uh, the song would be. And that ended up being Randy's theme song. Yeah. So that was voices. And I mean, there, there's not a post we put online where there's not someone that comments voices. Like it's just every, everything we post is like voices. Randy Arden, voices. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he's a big name, man. You couldn't have, yeah. you couldn't have written for a, a bigger one of the, I mean, right now, one of the biggest stars, hands down, in in the in the game. So I mean, yeah. And he, I mean, he just uh, had a, he just had a wicked, uh, reuni- uh, reuniting of of him and and Edge. I wouldn't say reuniting, but oh, like really? they go back, like because they were tag team partners, they were buddies, and then like, yeah. there's a whole feud yeah. now, and they're like reigniting the feud. It's pretty cool oh, to wow. see. It's like ten years later, and they're reignite, they're reigniting. Sorry, the the feud. I've yeah. had a little bit of this whiskey now, but. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Uh, before you get a little further though, now that I got you nice and loose and I'm a little loose, I got to ask this question. We got to play a little true or false, true or false here Easy okay. for me to say, um, Wikipedia. So I'm sure it's false. Girls gone wild rocks America tour 2005. You guys were taped on this too. Uh, true or false. True. Oh, you gotta tell me about this dude. Oh my God, dude. It was a complete gong show, but also incredible at the same time. I mean, 
What were you guys called in to do? Explain me the, the, the what, what you were what you were there to do and what actually yeah, happened. Yeah. So this was uh, <laughs> this was a a plan orchestrated by our our original managers that were like, this thing's popping off. We you know we need the exposure. We're a baby band. You know what? Who can we team up with? You know it's it's hard rock. It's you know it's chicks and drinking. So. They uh, they were like, I guess our manager made a connect with the Girls Gone Wild crew, and uh, they were like, let's make this a tour. Let's make this like a tour where uh, you know there's rock bands and shows. And uh, I think we, uh, <laughs> I, I think that one was with Hinder, okay. and they were they were just coming up, and you know uh, those guys are obviously like you know party rocking band and. Uh, some of the shows were not as desirable. There were usually more dudes than chicks, but some of the shows got out of control <laughs> where it was just like, there's a bunch of chicks on stage and they're doing crazy shit. And we're like, what is happening? And and this, this would happen and, during your guys' set. Like you're playing a set and the, and the chicks are up there like yeah, taking yeah. shirts off, obviously yeah. getting hosed it down. Got, things got crazy. And sometimes we had family there and you're like, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> so you got to go back and like, yeah, like that's, uh, yeah, you know. I mean, your family happened. probably could have guessed what was going to happen on the yeah, Girls right. Gone Wild American Tour. <laughs> Just by the yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> Not for the faint of heart, yeah. as they say. So that that was, uh, that was interesting. That was interesting. But yeah. it, I mean, it was a good time. We had a lot of good times uh, touring with Ender. They're good friends of ours and uh, awesome dudes. Um, and probably some of the most wild times we had uh on the road but uh yeah that one was definitely interesting i could see in your head you, you, there's a story in there that you're that you're not willing to to let out you're like oh, <laughs> some crazy times crazy times oh, yeah. running through the head right now <laughs> uh, should i get into it or? let's get into it man that's what it's about you got something good uh yeah i, so know, I know you do i know you got plenty it's just which one are you going to remember and which one are you going to let out so there was this one show, it was Hartford, Connecticut, and it was, it might've been the most Girls Gone Wild show. And, uh, do you remember what it, venue it is? Was it, was it the amphitheater there? It's, uh, it's like a small, it's kind of in not a great area. We played there several times. It's like a smaller kind of theater with this, like, it's kind of a divey venue like a great turnouts good shows um so it's like all the red chairs in it i'm trying to remember all the places. it doesn't it's just floor only just floor and it's only. like concrete the acoustics are terrible the sound's always bad <laughs> i remember we played there once with puddle of mud and wes walked off the stage and it was like almost a riot wow um, yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh so this night you know uh hinder was the headliner so you know we played and then uh, Rich's family is from Jersey and they drove up. So it's like Rich's mom, his dad, like his, his sister, like, you know, his whole, basically his whole family's there and we're playing, you know, we played our set and then Hinder's playing. And next thing you know, there's like probably 20 girls on stage and they're just stripping down. They're going down on each other. They're spraying each other with booze. Like it's just out of hand. And Rich is just there with his parents. Like, uh, yeah, like this is this this ha this is happening. <laughs> the first time your parents it's see that shit good. happen is is hilarious. <laughs> oh man, was, we were just like, and it was probably it, oddly enough, it was probably the craziest show of the whole tour. That's and how it, it works. So happened. That's that just how it works. 
Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. that's how it happens. Yeah. Murphy's Law. It's just like the craziest show, of course. Yeah, I swear, it's not like this every night. And they're like, oh, uh-huh. yeah. No. <laughs> yeah sure, Dad's sure. over there going, I really picked the wrong profession, son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I told you you Maybe. should be a lawyer. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of makes sense, though. I mean, in all seriousness, I could see how um, – a band like yourself, I mean, you guys are a rock party anthem kind of band, or at least have been for yeah. many years now. I mean, big songs like Hell Yeah, uh, even, and this song, Make Me a Drink, that's out now. Yeah. Um, some of the other ones that we've got, that we've gone over, it's very anthemic. You know, it's it's yeah. it's rock and roll party anthemic and stuff. Um, yeah. Is that just what comes natural to you guys? Or is it like we... Uh, that's what that's what you like and that's what you want to hear back from yourself i mean what's what yeah. or is it just that's what that's what comes to you when you're when you're writing um honestly it it we've gone through phases i feel like in our career and uh you know we obviously hell yeah is our hands down biggest song and you know it's been used all over the place and mm-hmm. You know, people love it as a party anthem or as like a workout song. And it's been in video games. It's, it was the theme song for Blue Mountain State. Um, but, you know, in our, on our first album, Truth is Currency, it was more, it was more emotional. You know, it was almost like hard rock emo where, uh, you know, there was definitely a lot of um, introspection and, uh, you know, thought about, you know, different, you know, you know, abuses of, you know, the, the human condition, basically, um, not to get like too deep, but like, it, it was a lot about that. And, you know, Julian was the formative songwriter and, you know, he, he, uh, you know, he had some demons he was dealing with and, and that, you know, obviously writing music is very cathartic. It's cathartic for me. It's cathartic for him. And so you're getting out a lot of this stuff, but, you know, obviously attached to that is the party side of it. So, you know, to spin it in a more like fun, you know, party anthem type way is, um, is definitely, you know, something we evolved into, or, you know, we were kind of like led to depending on who was producing or, you know, we were co-writing with. Yeah. It was, so, kind of uh, your, it was just kind of your guys' natural evolution of, of a band. Yeah. Yeah. And Rich is, Rich was always like a, a, you know, great party, you know, um, fun guy to be around you know people love to be around him and have good times and when any when anyone would ever come out to visit like you know it was you know it's, it's, let's party with rev type of thing you know and i'm sure you've experienced that somewhat you know yeah. we were definitely doing a lot of that when we were touring together and yeah those are some of I mean, no it. shitting those are some of my uh fondest shows that we did together with the buckcherry yeah. guys and everything and there was another half of it where uh, papa roach was on there and i know you guys yeah. have done tours outside of that and papa roach great yeah. kids we had yeah great times with them great times with them what, what i mean uh to keep going on the touring side of things right now like what are some of your fondest memories of touring and you know beyond the beyond the fans and everything missing the fans and missing the excitement of being in a show that's kind of the obvious answer right i mean that's what yeah. we all crave we you know we didn't get into this business of being in front of stages because we didn't like people looking at us uh for the most part yeah, right. for the most part i mean there's there's some exceptions to that rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for the most part um so aside from those kind of things what, what, what's something you miss the most about being on tour um that you haven't been able uh-huh. to do in the last year a big thing for me always was the um, waking up and 
having the day be new and exciting in the sense that it's kind of like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like when, when you're at home all the time, you kind of get into a routine and, you know, I've always tried to stray from the norm or from the routine and, and be different or do different things. And like when you're traveling around, you wake up in a different city and you, you may not, you may be familiar. Um, you may not. And it was always exciting to wake up in a new place and be like, I don't know what's around the corner and I don't know what this bar is or what that coffee shop is. I I love that part of it and meeting different people that you would never meet otherwise. Um, Not, not at the show, just like in a random city or, you know, um, just around town and, uh, and just seeing the different cultural differences of, even within our own country of uh, how, how people differ. And, and um, that, that was always my favorite part about being on tour was being able to wake up and, and have every day be completely different than the one before. Yeah, man. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a great one right there. It's a great answer. Cause yeah. that is an absolute truth. You know, you wake right. up and like you're, you get off the bus or out of the van or out of the hotel room, whatever it is, however your mode of transportation is that day, getting to the next place, yeah. wake up and it's like all right how do what what's the thing to do here like yeah, what exactly. am i going to get into you know exactly. absolutely awesome man so thank you again so much for your time but real quick before we go uh what's next for you guys other than this album you, you already said we already got into that you've been working on the singles going to release those in the meantime as you ramp up for the album hoping for the summertime we'll keep our fingers crossed and eyes open for that um yeah. but what what's after that do you guys if you're looking at summer, have you heard something where you're going to be able to do some kind of shows in some capacity, or are you just going to release it and then kind of do what the rest of us are doing and kind of waiting for the, for the green light? Yeah. Um, we, uh, we started to scout out some overseas opportunity to start. We feel like that's an untapped market and we linked up with uh, a booking agent over in uh, Europe. So they're already scouting out, um, some opportunities in in uh, 2022. Cool. So uh, you know we're we're looking at that, and uh, I'm hoping that you know it, just naturally it'll it'll formulate that we'll be touring the U.S. Um, but uh, I my plan and what we've always wanted to do is basically have music constantly coming out. So even when we release the the album, I'm gonna be still you know finishing up mixes for songs to release continuously so uh you know this this whole period of um you know lockdown and whatnot has been trying to basically find a machine you know create the machine that we can keep releasing content and um you know i just want to keep creating music and releasing it and uh collaborating with people i think that's another big part is when the world opens up i'd love to collaborate you know maybe we could get together and do some stuff together oh, like, dude, i'd love that I'd just, be so much yeah fun. right i mean i just want to you know it, it's made me realize like how much i enjoy that portion of it is collaborating with other people yeah there's one thing to do it over the internet but it's another thing to like sit and feel someone's energy and be it's able totally to collaborate cool. on music with them like that's a huge thing that i miss and hopefully um you know, there'll be a lot more of that being able to appreciate it on another level now that we've gone through this whole experience. Totally. No, I mean, that that, that sounds great to me. I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm happy for you that you found this as well. It's like, you know, 
as we talked at the top of the show, it's great to have these kind of outlets and stuff. It's, it's why we're here and I, we're doing it virtually, unfortunately, yeah. this yeah. time around. But I can't wait to have you back on. Oh, yeah. uh, next time we'll do it in person with or without the cameras. I'll come down to San oh, Diego. Yeah. Everyone go check out uh, Rev Theory. That's the It's Rev Theory official on Instagram. What about, do you guys got Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff too? Same. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's all Rev Theory official. You can, you can uh, find it all through Instagram. Instagram and doc yeah. and yeah, I'm sure you guys got the dot com as well. Com. Yep. All the places go check it out. New single out. Make me a drink. Bitch in parentheses, I'll say. It's not really the title, but <laughs> I keep seeing it saying it on the fucking song, so yeah, might right. as well be. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, brother. It's good to see you, Maddie. Cheers, Have a good Cheers, one, brother. You too. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thanks to Maddie again for being on the show. So cool for him to reach out and share a little bit of whiskey with me, talk a little bit about the Rev Theory, reminisce on some old times. It's so fucking awesome. I hope you guys are enjoying this. If you are, make sure you're already subscribed to the podcast right here. Leave us a rating and review. Head over to drinkswithjohnny.com for everything Drinks with Johnny. Uh, our director, Brandon Lombardo, has got some killer graphics and some killer merch for you guys over there to, to show your support of this show. Uh, if you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, make sure that you uh, tag us and we probably will reshare it. I don't know. We try to do that sometimes. <laughs> uh, as uh, you know, I'm having such a fucking good time doing this, guys. Really appreciate every single one of you. Keep listening. Stay tuned. Stay thirsty and stay filthy as fuck. Until next time, cheers. Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan. And this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.